Welcome to another episode of Conduct Detrimental. This week, you are joined by Stephanie Weisenberger and Emily Costanzo. Em, how are you? It's been a while. Steph, I'm, I'm wonderful. And I thought I was speaking to Steph, but I, it sounds like I'm speaking to Dan Lust. It really you sounds like, that way. You like that, in, you like that intro? I think you're a better Dan Lust than Dan Lust is. <laughs> I mean, I know one thing's for sure. Um, at least I know the name of the best picture Oscar winning swept literally all the awards. All movie. of them. Everything, everywhere, all at once. You hear that, Mike and Dan? Not everything of everything of everything. <laughs> Not everything all the time. Everything, everywhere, all at once, rightfully deserved. Not that I've actually seen it yet, but I do plan to watch it now that it literally swept at the Oscars. Yeah, I do as well. Just considering Dan Lust's social media presence, you he had to have read that title 47 times, at least. I mean, you would think. One would think, but who knows? It's probably way too deep in the sports law. Weeds sports law, he's got his blinders on. Entertainment, exactly. But I mean, it's laser focused. Oh, laser focused. For sure. And rightfully so, because we got to bring you uh, great episodes each week. And we've got another jam-packed one for you today. So we have some fun topics, some controversial-ish topics, and then also some developing topics that we're going to touch base on today. And let's see, should we queue them up for you? Why not? Greg Berhalter, U.S. Soccer. I know last episode, our team kind of started touching on it, Dan, Mike, Greg, and, you know, we're going to start touching on it again. I know Emily is a former college soccer player, so she'll have a lot of thoughts on this and provide an interesting perspective. And then we'll get into Michael Irvin, his lawsuit against Marriott, the recently released video footage of that incident has come out. So that's definitely something that we will get into for sure. And then we have Livy Dunn. Are there ethics concerns associated with her advertisement slash sponsorship of AI, of an AI application? Cactus AI, an education artificial intelligence tool. We will get into that as well. And then, you know, who knows? Should we tell them about the fun topics that we'll get into? Maybe should we, we should keep them a surprise. I, I think we should, I think we should keep them in suspense. I don't think we should tell them. I do not. All right, yeah, we'll keep you in suspense. We'll give you a clue. You know, if you if you like boneless wings, maybe keep listening. Uh, if you if you like um, one of the greatest Lakers players of all time, who happens to be, I want to say, over seven foot, if I'm saying that correctly, then maybe stay on. And you know, there there may or may not have been some big football uh, news in New York this afternoon. So some trade news. You know, use your context clues. That's some circumstantial evidence for you. And uh, see if you're right at the end of this. But let's get into it. Greg Berhalter, U.S. men's soccer coach. He basically was being investigated for allegations of domestic violence against him. And that U.S. men's soccer team investigation ended. And what are the conclusions? Where did this all start? I know it's something that's been going on for a while and has obviously caught conduct's attention. So we wanted to provide more insight and context about it. Of course. So I I think the most important thing that you just touched on, Steph, is this has been going on for a while. And we when we say a while, we're looking at at least, at least 1992. 
So brief background into the situation. I know, I know Dan and Dan touched on it, but just to give us, give you our spin on it. So the Reynas and the Burhalters, they, they were all friends. The Greg Burhalter and Claudio Reyna played together high school, college, and pro. So they'd known each other forever. Now, so they, and then they went to UNC together, like I said, played college. So fast forward then, from then now we've got we've got Gio Reyna, 19-year-old soccer superstar, plays in the second best league in Germany. He's he's a stud, right? He's the future of US men's soccer who are desperately trying to make a name for themselves. And honestly, especially after the World Cup, are doing a decent job at it. Are are, yeah. are at least making moves, more moves than we've made in the past. I completely so, agree, especially with media rights right. obviously heightening. So right. Right. And just also, by the way, shout out U.S. women's soccer team. But OK, whatever. It's fine. Um, so basically, so Gio obviously plays for Greg. And the long and the short of it is going into the World Cup, Gio, he, you know, had just he'd been being a teenager. He's 19 years old. Like At the end of the day, I think we too often forget that these athletes are ultimately kids at the end of the day. And so he was, you know, causing a little trouble in the team and whatnot. And Greg basically comes out and at a, I believe it's some type of press conference and basically says, you know, there are problems within the team for, with, you know, a, he alludes to age, he alludes to a young player. It could be, it couldn't have been anyone else other than Gio. So in the media world, the media frenzy world we live in, it gets everywhere that Gio Reyna is a problem and Gio Reyna is toxic and X, Y, and Z, right? And Ultimately, this is this is the result of Greg saying Gio's not really going to play in the World Cup. So the story that is presented to us is basically Gio's Gio's trouble. Greg comes out publicly and says it, then doesn't play him in the World Cup. Gio's parents, Claudio and Danielle, her name's the mom's name is Danielle, get pissed. And then they come out with this story about how Greg in 1992, as an 18-year-old college kid, was drunk at a bar, was fighting with his girlfriend, who is his now wife, and kicked her twice, allegedly. So the the way that a lot of media outlets are spinning this is, you know, two, two jaded parents who are mad that their kids isn't, kid isn't playing, and they come out with this horrible news. And although I, I think there is truth in that, and I think we do live in a world where parents are far too involved and think that they can comment and have the right to comment on playing time in, in that whole world. I know Steph will get into this, but I think Greg is, is majorly at fault for this. He's the leader of that squad. And it's the, the mix of his failure to be a, a good leader and his overall immaturity in that leadership role that I think has led us to, to where this is now. Yeah, no, I completely agree. And I think that one thing to mention and kind of touch on here is that although this was an incident from 1992, like you said, you know, it wasn't handled properly at the time. And now it's almost like the U.S. soccer is kind of in a hard position where I believe they said that they didn't, the incident didn't actually violate U.S. soccer policies. It didn't rise to the level of blackmail or extortion. But a new policy is going to be drafted to prevent any sort of parent coach communication in the future so that, you know, obviously this doesn't happen again. But I think the real kicker here is this is the <laughs> no, whole, no pun intended. 
No pun that intended. Was totally unintentional. Oh, um, no, oh. <laughs> but I mean, it's pretty crazy that it's gotten so much attention and it all stemmed from, you know, playing time at the World Cup, which is so interesting because growing up, I feel like when we're young, like you always see parents on the sidelines, like, why is my child not getting enough playing time? Constantly saying he's the best one on the team, even though he may not be that good. But in this case, you know, he's a pretty good player. And so it's it's interesting. Right. And I think, and like I said, I mean, I, I don't think either party is without fault here, right? But I do think it's worth noting that the Reinas, they intended, at least initially, to handle this in-house. So the Reinas are friends with, unsurprisingly, are friends with the president of U.S. soccer, Ernie Davis. And the way that this was initially reported was Danielle Reina kind of dangling the carrot in front of Ernie Reina saying, I like I have this information and then shared the information, which then obligated Ernie to handle it. But the problem is, once again, he went he went out out of house when in reality, this this entire situation, I mean, I guess in a perfect world could have been all handled in house. And that also speaks to the fact that. Greg didn't need to comment on the the issues within the team. The issues were, they they were exactly that. They occurred within the team. They were going to be handled within the team until Greg brought it public. The Reynas got mad and now here we are. Yeah. I mean, do you, do you, do you agree with the decision by U.S. soccer? Do you think the investigation was obviously, you know, I think it was the right call to start investigating this and I'm glad that they actually did come to a conclusion, but what do you think about their conclusion and how do you think it's going to impact you know coaches and player relationships going forward so those are such great questions and really put me on the hot seat I love it so I mean like I I do think I think their hands are tied I think they had to investigate right it would have looked terrible if they had this information and then just sat on it and so in terms of in terms of where the investigation landed um so right now currently Greg is still I'm calling him Greg like I know the guy Greg is still in the running for the position of the U.S. men's head coach. Now, I think with the way in which this investigation, the, the, the findings of this investigation, all the facts we have so far, I do not think Greg Berhalter should still be the coach of U.S. men's soccer. I think he's demonstrated that he's not at least, at least, at least not a mature enough leader to handle this type of situation. I think he handled it relatively poorly. And it also, I think the the, the big takeaway here is he kind of shot the future of U.S. soccer in the foot. Do I think this is all, can we recover from all of this? Of course. But again, remember, Gio Reyna is one of the best young guys we have. And he's already, you know, smearing his name out there, kind of making him look bad, making him not want to wear, you know, the jersey. So how do we keep that guy in the leadership in the leadership role? And then in terms yeah. of policy and like where we're going with that, I mean, I know they haven't implemented anything yet. I think it'll be interesting. There has to be some safeguards. I think it's, I think it's probably a little bit uncharted waters of you know a parent of a professional athlete doing what the Reinas did. So I, I really, I am interested to see how how they handle it because typically it's just the players being mad at the coach or the players advocating for the issues they don't like. Not you know, not mom and dad. Yeah, I completely agree. And I think, you know, it's obviously up to U.S. soccer to to put the language in their new policy, but hopefully they do make it right so that, you know, this can be prevented or at least, you know, alleviated in the future. Right. But I think we can probably put a pin in this one unless you have anything else on this. Shout out U.S. women's soccer team. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> no, that's no, you're all good. Let's let's roll the next one.
All right, so I guess we'll get into the Michael Irvin lawsuit. Now, this has kind of been uh, a legal mess in a little, in some instances, you know. That's the official term, legal mess. That's the official, jot that down. I mean, hey, I, I did see it in an article actually earlier today that basically said just when you think, or it says, Last month, well, we'll get into the background. Last month, mm -hmm. if you don't know, NFL Hall of Famer, former Dallas Cowboys player, Michael Irvin was pulled from TV during the Super Bowl week due to a misconduct allegation made against him. He's also now a former NFL network analyst. And so that's why he was scheduled to be um, on call for Super Bowl week and they pulled him. And since then, this is what the article says, Things have become a mess, and the saga continued on Tuesday. So we're recording this on Wednesday. The big news yesterday was that finally this video of the alleged misconduct occurring on the premises of a Marriott hotel was released. And for the longest time, lawyers are being lawyers, and they're going back and forth in the discovery process, and Marriott is making every argument in the books trying to not release this video and what this video is apparently supposed to show according to Marriott's lawyers is that at the start of the interaction between Michael Irvin and a female employee who was apparently attractive Michael Irvin had reached out to shake her hand asked her name introduced himself as Michael and moments later apparently Marriott is alleging that Irvin reached out and touched the woman's arm during this conversation without her consent, causing her to step back, becoming visibly uncomfortable, saying various derogatory terms to her. She's trying to step back a little bit and he's, you know, trying to attempt to grab her again and saying he was sorry if he brought up any bad memories from her. And so, you know, he's basically being accused of what is somewhat sexual misconduct and misconduct allegations. And these allegations, this lawsuit filed, ultimately caused NFL Network to pull Irvin from the Super Bowl telecast. And so obviously Irvin was disappointed to say the least. And he has been very adamant throughout this process that he is innocent and his lawyers have been, you know, going back and forth, like I said, saying that once this video is released, you will 100% without a doubt see that there was no wrongdoing whatsoever. And so this video was finally actually released the other day. And I don't know, I mean, did you watch the video, Emily? I did, I did. And well, I, I'm not gonna see your thunder. What do you think about it? I mean, I think there are, as lawyers, we're supposed to look at things from various perspectives, different views. What could anyone who's, a re what could a reasonable person who's watching the video think? And when I watched the video, you know, I don't see anything glaring. She does look slightly uncomfortable when she, you know, steps back a little bit after he touches her arm, but you can't hear any you can't hear any voices there is no audio in the video so you have no idea what he could be saying what the actual conversation and exchange between the two is you know Irvin has admitted that he was intoxicated and doesn't really remember 
what happened. And so, you know, it's really this video, this security video footage and the woman's word against what he hopes didn't happen because he doesn't really have any any memory of it. But at the same time, you know, if you had audio in that video, could things be different? Maybe. I know a lot of people on Twitter and, and other news outlets have been saying that there's a there's possibly a conspiracy behind this and how it was all staged and it was a money grab because in the video, the woman immediately after she she walks away from Irvin and says goodbye, another male employee immediately grabs her and they begin talking and they walk away. And so, you know, it, I don't want to say yes or no, because at the same time, we weren't there, obviously. And again, there is no audio in this video. But, you know, it's it's definitely not what Marriott was alleging. It does not look like there was any severe touching or pushing any sort of actions like that. It does look like, you know, his maybe urban security team was around as well as other employees. So it's hard to say. Urban has filed a $100 million defamation lawsuit against this woman in Marriott over this. And so I don't really know what's going to happen. You know, he did remove or he dismissed the lawsuit that was originally filed in Texas. And now he is going to file a new lawsuit um, in Arizona court. That's another new update. And so I guess we'll, we'll see what happens. And maybe something to note here too, is that Urban's lawyer, obviously he was a former Dallas Cowboys player, is actually Levi McAthern, who I've seen his name come up quite a time. I believe he is the Dallas Cowboys outside counsel and has represented Jerry Jones, owner of the Cowboys on several occasions. And so, you know, you know that his Irvin's lawyer is not going to go down with the fight and he's already shown that he's, you know, stands behind Irvin. And so it, we'll see what happens with this case, but it's definitely going to be an interesting one to follow. Right. And first of all, I couldn't have said it better myself and I'm not surprised that you said it as well as you did. Um, but I think this, I think this case is the perfect example of n- not only just in sport, but these types of cases overall, there's, they're, they're so hard to prove by the standard with which we have to prove them, right? Because it eventually, I mean, it boils down to two people were involved to, it's, it's a, it's a, he said, she said situation, which is terrible. And, and I mean, and Steph, I, I know you're, you'll be, you'll think the same way because we've, we've t- discussed this, um, you know, offline, but you're, I think, I think rightfully so, you know, we, we want to support victims of these types of crimes, right? Yeah. You know, I remember when, when, you know, I know conduct obviously, extensively covered the Deshaun Watson case. And you want to, you want to, um, you know, listen to these victims and hear these victims. And, and I, I think obviously in, in today's day and age, we've come such a long way of just, you know, dismissing them or silencing them with money. But at the same time, I, I do think that there, I think that exactly what you said of the bottom line is we don't know, we don't know what happened. And like you said, you know, and people far smarter than me who can read body language can probably tell you more about the situation. But imagine if this if this moves forward, that is the type of expert that they would want to loop yeah, in. Great point. Um, you know, which there, you know, we we both know there's value to that, obviously. But um, I think just the 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 ability to stay objective, at least for right now, with the facts that we have and the video evidence that we have, we being the public at large, I, I think that's I think that's all we can go on. But I do think you you said it so well of 
you know, it's it's what he hopes happened because he did he did come forward and say he was intoxicated. To what level? I, I imagine that will be uncovered as well. But I think this is just the the epitome of a messy situation. And quite frankly, I I'm I I sympathize with both parties, with both sides. Yeah, I I mean that's a great way to say it is that we sympathize with both parties because at the same time, you know, we recognize that this incident has caused Irvin, you know, he was literally sent home from his job at Super Bowl. He was covering the Super Bowl and he was sent home because of this. But, you know, this woman has a right to be heard. If she felt uncomfortable by anything he said or did, that is her right. And, you know, like I said before, and like you said, we want to support these people because obviously there have been severe instances and it's something that we need to pay attention to and we shouldn't be silencing people for, you know, taking a risk and stepping forward in the public eye and coming up against these powerful people. And right. And yeah, that's even that piece that, that, and that, this is the piece that I, that I struggle with, with again, just remaining objective in these types of situations is exactly what you said about power, right? The, 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 I mean, any way you want to spin it, this is a millionaire, famous, former NFL football player and a Marriott worker. And the power dynamic there is obvious. And I don't think that's, yeah. I don't think that's a stretch to say that, which I think, you know, when you, when you consider that dynamic, you can understand if, if it was, if it was interpreted as being maybe, maybe perhaps object more uncomfortable than it was objectively, uh, you know, you're, you're looking at her subjective feelings there, but I do think it's important to know that there, there is a power, there's a power mismatch there. And also, you know, I, I know that the, the employee has Marriott backing her, which financially, I mean, Marriott's going to be a bigger powerhouse than Michael Irving alone, but there, there still is the power dynamic at play that makes me at least a little bit more concerned for the strength of um, Irving's case. Yeah, I mean, we'll see what happens with this case. It's obviously developing, so I'm sure this is not the last time you'll hear, you know, updates and commentary and talking about the legal implications behind this case from the conduct team. But with that said, let's move on to our next topic. LSU gymnast Livy Dunn, aka NIL powerhouse, you know, college athlete extraordinaire. I think she, I want to say she's made what over $3 million from NIL deals or something like that. Well, so, so, you know, so I guess it's not surprising that she's inked another sponsor. And the latest one has been causing some controversy, to say the least, including by LSU. So Livy Dunn, you know, she recently decided to partner with Cactus AI. Cactus AI is an educational artificial intelligence tool. And the school, LSU, actually released a statement basically saying that the AI tool, Cactus, could result in academic misconduct. And a lot of people online are kind of questioning whether or not she should have taken the money to promote this service. I don't even know if you can call artificial intelligence a service. I guess you kind of can because it's definitely a computerized service. But yeah, I mean, essentially, the investment in college sports is most followed athlete has proven worthwhile. Apparently, you know, Cactus AI has partnered with a few other athletes, Notre Dame kicker Harrison Leonard, 
And the brand basically described itself as a way for students to spend less time working on quote unquote, meaningless writing assignments. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm curious what you think of this, like a college student promoting an application that's basically going to write your papers for you. This, you know, Steph, coming into this episode, I think we would assume I'd have the most thoughts on, you know, good old Greg with the soccer background. It's this one that does it for me. So first of all, this controversy at large is the epitome of the problem that the NCAA created for themselves because they implemented NLI with not super, super specific guidelines, kind of like, a, let's, let's, let's do this. Let's see how it goes. Here are some rules here and there kind of open for your interpretation. And oh, by the way, 18 to 22 year olds, you guys get to interpret those rules and, you know, go forth. Right. And I know obviously that's simplifying it multiple, if not the majority of these athletes that are really making money have adults and, and professionals on their side. But still, the, the bottom line is that these 18 to 22 year olds are making a lot of these decisions of, oh, if, oh, if I, oh, if, you know, do I, do I want to take this? Do I not? So that being said, let's dive into this specific, this specific situation. So Steph, I know this is going to surprise you about me. Dan, this will surprise you as well. I'm pretty much, I'm, I'm a big proponent. Let's just call it like it is, right? Let's call it yeah. like it is. I read somewhere that this app but they were they, they no it's in it's actually in the the ad itself is there's a little um speech bubble above Livy's head where it's you know need to get my need to get my creative creativity flowing for an essay due at midnight okay so let's let's translate that shall we um i waited until 11:30 i don't want to do this let's press a button oh boom done submit it to professor smith good to go right so let's just let's you know and and lsu is falling into this kind of falling into this as well as well but it's mostly the app of spare us the story that this is you know this is building creativity and it's and it's and it's you know inspiring thought and but no it's not but by definition it's not you're clicking a button you all all it is is like the example i think that is used in the ad is you know, something about like why gymnastics is the best sport or what's important about gymnastics or something like that. She clicks a button and she's got paragraph on paragraph about gymnastics. Livy Dunn didn't inspire any of creative. Her creativity was not inspired. She did not do anything for that. She pressed the button. Yeah. So my issue with that is we're not calling it what it is. You know, it's the age old, you know, Sparknotes never, never fostered creativity for me. It told me what I didn't read a period before I had to share it in class. That's that's what it does. It's the whole point of these apps. So that's my first problem with it. And then another piece about this that I that I take issue with is I think athletes, now listen, I want to preface this with these athletes should should have discretion in who they who they take on and who they don't, right? I, I think that that's, you know, I think largely I think the NIL game is a phenomenal one. But I think athletes especially really prominent popular athletes like Livy Dunn taking on these these types of apps these artificial intelligent apps it just perpetuates that stereotype of oh it's the stupid athlete oh the athlete needs help to write an essay so oh go do this right and I know I I I I would be willing to bet I'm not saying that Livy Dunn by any means had had malicious um intentions and, and thought of that right but I think that you know, us as third, third party, objective third parties who, you know, are not, are washed up, are washed up old athletes. It, you, it's, I don't think it's a stretch to say that it really promotes that idea. 
And that's not the case. These, these, the, these student athletes are, are phenomenal athletes. Yes. But they're also at, I mean, Libby Dunn's at LSU, you know, we've got who the kickers at Notre Dame. These are, these are fantastic academic institutions as well. So to promote these types of apps, just, it just goes along with the whole dumb jock idea in, in my mind, in my mind. Yeah, no. And to, to your point, I actually was literally reading my notes wrong when I said that this app partnered with Notre Dame kicker. He actually was one of the co-founders of this wow. app. So a former Notre Dame kicker founded this app. And so, you know, obviously if he has the athletic mindset behind it, he's probably thinking this would have benefited me immensely during college when you're getting up early for practice and you're running out of time, your schedules are a lot tighter than probably most college students because of your commitment to the sport. And, you know, I don't know. I think it's something that at the same time, you obviously don't want to be promoting plagiarism, which is what I've seen a lot of people are are saying that she's pretty much doing. And because of her power in this space, the number of followers that she has, she does, unlike a lot of other athletes, have the ability to pick and choose what companies and brands she wants to partnership. And if I were in her position as, you know, one of the most followed athletes, I would almost be taking this as an opportunity. This is an opportunity to really create your brand. And, you know, in such a digital age, once you really solidify your brand and what you're about and what causes and organizations you support, it does stick with people in their minds. And so if, if I was in college right now and I had the ability to, you know, utilize my star power to enter into contracts like this, I would probably be focusing more on what do I actually, who do I actually want to partnership? What do I want other people to see me as? What do I want to be known as? And in this case, you know, she's kind of making herself known as being the one who's sponsoring and advertising and partnering with an AI app that has a number of tools for students. Apparently the options on the website's dashboard include essay writer, like you said, paragraph generator, personal statement writer, cover letter writer. There's also a math and science section and a citation creator. Like, okay, Ooh, maybe- the a, citation, maybe I could use that. That's what I was gonna say. The citation <laughs> creator, I can get behind because there's already yeah. so many platforms out there that make it easy to plug in the information. And that's, you know, that's what I think any loss and just organizing them. But I think any loss have, listening get behind the citation generator for sure. Oh, for sure. <laughs> but like you're basically what you're going to have a computer write an entire essay that then you're going to turn in for a grade. I, I don't. I, that's not something that I I can personally get behind. I think you know right. everything in this life is hard work, and if you can't put in the work to get the grades or put in the work to, you know, succeed in, in whatever you choose to do, then, you know, it's on you. You can't depend on an application like this, to do it for you. So I don't know. It'll be interesting if any other athletes partner with AI related companies. Absolutely. And I totally agree with that. And, but the one thing that I will say that I think is a, is a huge takeaway from this, um, especially these types of AI apps is, and the reaction that this, I mean, this has become, you know, we use the word controversy. It's, it's become one, right? Because, you know, everyone's got their opinion online. 
But I just, what I do think we all have to be cautious of is who we're pointing the finger at. And are, do we, do we point the finger at the, at the NCAA who implemented relatively vague, arguably non-specific guidelines that made it possible for Libby to accept this type of thing? Do we point the finger at, as we mentioned before, the professional, the adult professionals who are in this business and someone somewhere said to her, that's okay. You can go, you can sign that contract. Or, which unfortunately is is what I've seen a lot online, not just for Livy Dunn, for other partnerships of others to Nethys as well. It's easy and it's lazy to point the finger at Livy Dunn. She's she's what? She's twenty years old, I think. She's twenty. I mean, I don't know about you, Steph, but my judgment at twenty was was not all that strong. And if if I could make a couple hundred thousand bucks on doing this, I mean. I would do it. So I just think, I think that it, this issue also just loops in the, the bigger issue of if we are going to become the, the NIL world that I don't think it's, I don't think it's a stretch, stretch to say that collegiate athletics, well, I just said it a lot there, um, that collegiate athletics is becoming, if we are going to do that, let's, let's one, let's look at the human behind it, right? The student athlete behind it. And let's, let's, let's be cautious of where we're pointing the finger and putting the blame. Yeah, no, I agree completely. And it's going to be interesting to see, especially because once they get, you know, federal regulation in place or something like that, things could obviously change. Like I said, like, I feel like we've all been saying on conduct lately is, and since the start of NIL is it really is kind of the wild, wild west and you can really do whatever you want. And you know, now that the NCAA has started handing out punishments and infractions, we'll probably see more of that. And yeah, it'll be an interesting, you know, to see and how it develops over the next few years. But I think uh, unless you have anything else on Livy Dunn, like where we can get all of her followers on Instagram to subscribe to like, conduct, if, if you're listening and you haven't yes. clicked the subscribe button yet, you better <laughs> click it now because then you right. Libby Dunn. Yes. Libby Dunn, if you ever hear this, you're doing it right. You're doing it right, dude. Just follow us. We can help. <laughs> That's a stretch, but let's aim high, right? Yeah, exactly. Aim high. Hannah, and- Hannah, Valente, Hannah Valente always does the rocket. That's like a that's like a time for the rocket emoji to come out. Yep. Aiming yep. for the stars. We love it. All of us at Conduct <laughs> always aiming for the stars. But let's we had some fun talking about these next three shorter topics, and we won't, you know, get into them too much, but one that we just had to mention is who do you want? Do you want to introduce who it is? I know you have oh, some I, I, strong I, I verbiage, some adjectives. No, I will supplement. I I can't steal your thunder because your Instagram DMs about this were just simply hilarious. So, so the one, the only Shaquille O'Neal, aka Shaq, aka former professional basketball player who's won a number of championships one of the, I don't know, greatest basketball players and centers of all time. He has been caught up in the never-ending FTX lawsuit. Mm-hmm. And the funny thing is, is that, and you actually said this, um, so I'm going to call you out here on this one. And feel free, anyone who's listening, shoot us a message, send us a Twitter DM what you think, because it's just hilarious to me. How can a seven- foot man like we've seen photos 
Shaq towers over he's literally one. anyone. Yeah. And he's just solid, like massive. He's even been posing, he's been hitting the gym according to his Instagram. So like, how can someone of his size be allegedly hiding in his house to dodge service of this FTX lawsuit? Right. And, and, and again, let's just remember if you, if you are famous enough that you can go by one name, I think it's not a stretch to say that you have a whole business department working on you. So you're telling me that no one can make a few calls and track good old Shaq down. You're telling, you're telling me that because, because right. Number one, you're right, Steph. He, there's no way he's going to stick out in a crowd. He's going to blend right in, right? Looks like all the rest of us for sure. I think maybe he has an inch on me. Maybe two. I mean, come on. But just you, you don't even go to Shaq, right? We can, we, can serve, we can serve this to any one of his, his multitude of business managers. And I need, I need to throw it back to you, Steph. You know, tell the people, what, what did Shaq do recently for his birthday? Well, right. So I guess. We and what did he the- wear? Oh, I mean. The zebra outfit was, what was it? The zebra, it was zebra, right? It's like, a, it's, like a, it's, it's at least animal print blazer, a big old chain. Like he, and he had like a fedora, a little fedora action. He was not, this man's goal is not to blend into the crowd. So right, where right. are these people looking? Well, I guess and we should get into like, should we give him like some legal context here i guess i guess we can't only do stuff but we'll we'll run i suppose this is like a legal podcast whatever so essentially obviously ftx was once known as the largest one of the largest cryptocurrency exchanges before it was defunct and it's being sued for 11 billion dollars but a ton of athletes including Shaq, basically partnered with ftx as brand ambassadors and O'Neill apparently partnered with FTX because he was looking to help make crypto more accessible for everyone. And his appearance, he appeared in like a wide variety of commercials and events. But at the same time, apparently, according to sources, he never actually used the crypto um, app. But now FTX retail investor is suing Shaq and all these other athletes, basically saying that they, you know, caused him to they're because they're saying to they oh wait they i just found it, opened I just an found account it. Yeah, after being exposed to misrepresentations and omissions of the famous people okay okay so we're, we're, we're did crypto and decided oh i'm gonna go get crypto and i'm not gonna look into crypto and then it went bankrupt and now he wants to turn around and say shack why didn't you tell me that crypto's crap that's no it, Exactly. Like he literally is joined by Tom Brady's on the complaint, Steph Curry, Naomi Osaka. It's a class action lawsuit and it states their endorsement of STX was a fraudulent scheme designed to take advantage of unsophisticated investors from across the country, et cetera, et cetera. But I mean, let's get into the service part of it. Whenever you are, you know, Whenever you file a lawsuit, you also have to serve the summons and complaint on the defendants of that specific lawsuit. And apparently in Florida, their service laws are a little bit more strict than other places. But in general, you have to hand deliver the papers. 
you would usually hire a process server. There's companies that do that, or perhaps a sheriff's office would do it. But you basically have to hire someone who is authorized to serve process on someone. And that process server shows up at the house of this person, knocks on the door, says, hey, you're being served. They have to certify that they accepted the papers. That's one, op one option. But then in Florida, you can also, if if you can leave the papers with someone at what is supposedly their alleged residence, the defendant's residence, with anyone who is above the age of 15 years old, a family member who's 15 years old or older. And so, you know, not only do they have the opportunity to serve Jack at his house, but he's got kids. I don't know, try and you can't get the kids either, but like you, let's go back to the birthday story now, because you could also sometimes serve in public places. I know Olivia Wilde actually got served in a public place oh, while she was on stage at a conference or something by a lawsuit that was filed by Jason Sudeikis related to the yep. divorce, I believe. Um, so it can be done publicly. And if they're claiming that Shaq was hiding out in his house, you know, he literally <laughs> just celebrated his 51st birthday and put the address of his birthday party on social media. Which, why are we going to why I, I know why we, we didn't get the invite. We should have gone. I mean, probably got lost. It probably did get lost in the mail. But I mean, the likelihood of them actually getting let into the event to serve Shaq, unlikely. But still, I don't know. I'm not buying the fact that they have like claimed to have contacted literally anyone and everyone, and Shaq has just chosen to evade service, blah, 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 blah. But I mean, it's just funny considering his size, like. And let's also, let's also, right, let's look to, Shaq is not strapped for cash. If he had to face this, he could, he could handle this. He could yep. handle the, whatever this, whatever the, the monetary amount ends up being, which by the way, I think, I also think it's ironic because, you know, these unsophisticated investors, all oh, right, these unsophisticated investors who had millions and millions of dollars to investigate, they got there somewhere, but oh, okay, sure, sure, sure unsophisticated investors but like Shaq would be okay to do this he's not serving you or me yeah I mean I feel like he would he's the type that would take it on head on but who knows he probably also just doesn't want to deal with it he's a busy guy but you know we had to mention that one just because you know it's Shaq we love Shaq great documentary out on I think it's HBO I watched it seems like a great person always trying to give back there's all these videos online of him you know, just showing up to a Kmart or a Target or something and, you know, offering to buy a kid a bike, you know, he's a great yeah. guy. And so, you know, I, I might be on Shaq's side for this one, but at oh, the same I'm time, he can't, he can't evade forever. He's going to have to face this uh, at some point. So we'll see when that happens. But uh, one more real quick lawsuit that we just had to mention because it would, I feel like it would be a disservice if we didn't is, uh, you ever uh, been to Buffalo Wild Wings, Emily? You know, I, yeah. I I've been I've been once or a million times. Stuff once or once or a million. Well, um, you know, <laughs> a man actually filed a lawsuit against Buffalo Wild Wings and said in the complaint that Buffalo Wild Wings is falsely advertising one of its products. Apparently, allegedly, 
company participate in the false and deceptive marketing and advertising of their boneless wings. He says the name and description of the boneless wings leads reasonable consumers to believe that they are actually chicken wings. But in fact, they are deboned. They are not deboned chicken wings at all. They are not made of 100% wing meat, which is what this man is claiming. They're actually made of a composite of various chicken meat. And if he had known, he would not have paid as much as he did or purchased them at all. And he also says that they're not wings at all. They're really just slices of chicken breast, deep fried like wings, but they're really like a chicken nugget and, and not a chicken wing. And he, he suffered injury as a result of Buffalo Wild Wings deceptive practices. But the best part is, not only was the lawsuit was dismissed for being frivolous, essentially, but the judge already dismissed this lawsuit. <laughs> Buffalo Wild Wings really uh, shot back. They tweeted, <laughs> it's true, quote unquote. This is the exact quote of Buffalo Wild Wings tweet. It's true. Our boneless wings are all white meat chicken. Our hamburgers contain no ham. Our buffalo <laughs> wings are 0% buffalo. Mic drop. Mic drop. So this is how you know we and likely the people who listen to us are nerds because I don't think the average person would laugh so hard at a at a legal case. But I think this is hysterical. I think it is absolutely hysterical. Can you imagine being the judge and having this come across your docket? I mean, it's a lawsuit. You, you'll never forget. That's for sure. <laughs> but see, the thing is, so I, I'm not even I'm not even mad at the guy like homie just just file a lawsuit like we all know or I, I assume we all know that the the like the the boneless wing is basically a chicken nugget. I think we I thought we were all on the same page with that. But homie took that and tried to try to run it to the bank, which I, I can respect that. I can respect that. That being said, I mean, they're what they're, you can get like 10. You, it's bad that I know this. I'm pretending I don't know it offhand, but I do. We can get 10 boneless wings for $12.99. Dude, just, I, I'll do that. I'll do that any day of the week. That's fine. It doesn't have to be a wing. I'll still buy it. 13 bucks for Buffalo Wild Wings for that, for that deliciousness. I would do it every, I, no problem. Oh, I agree completely. And you can never forget the side of unbelievable fries that Buffalo Wild Wings also sneakily has. If you haven't tried the fries, oh, phenomenal. Phenomenal. I know. And so I just, although I respect the hustle of this man, I do. I do do respect it. I mean, there there will never be a day where I'm not dropping $12.99 on some boneless wings. That day will never come. I hope it doesn't come. I I hope it doesn't. Although I am a bone-in girl, but like for the sake of the argument here, <laughs> I am. Right, well, <laughs> those of you when did, once this is just Yadio, Steph is laughing at me, but I, I will proudly say like, I'm not really a boneless girl, but still. I mean, it, it depends on the day for me. If I'm watching yeah. the Super Bowl, yeah. I'm probably honestly a, a, a bone-in. I want the okay. wing. I want the I want the full the full wing. I don't want no boneless. No, you don't want no boneless wing. You don't mm-hmm. you don't want no boneless composite chicken meat. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's what we're getting from Buffalo Wild Wings. And hey, I will continue eating it, but his <laughs> case will not continue. <laughs> All right. Oh, was, I mean, what a phenomenal wrap up. Oh, phenomenal! But we just I just have to mention this. You know, I'm in New York and Aaron Rodgers, especially mm-hmm. because he just appeared 
on Pat McAfee's show. Yes, I did too. As a guest and basically revealed what everyone has been waiting to hear. Did he say that he is officially signed to the Jets? No, but he did say that he intends on signing with the Jets. It's basically a done deal, but the Packers and the Jets still just have to worry about the money aspect of that. But, you know, it's it's basically going to happen. And, you know, other news outlets have reported that he's has like a list of different players that he wants the Jets to acquire. It's almost like Aaron Rodgers is coming over to the Jets and becoming a head coach in some ways. And, you know, we kind of need it. I feel like our own, I mean, we have Sauce, Sauce Gardner, phenomenal. Wait, 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 back up, back up, back up. You're saying we, are you a Jets fan? Okay, well, hmm, how do I put this? I'm honestly more of, I'm a Giants fan. My dad is from Long Island, so my brother and I, were we grew up Giants fans. But, I mean, for some reason, Aaron Rodgers always, he's very direct. Like, he's a great player. I think they're, he was automatically making the Jets playoff contenders. I mean, they're automatically going to make the playoffs, I think, especially if they acquire more players. So, I don't know. From Aaron Rodgers, Daniel Jones, <laughs> eh, the scale is kind of tipping towards Rodgers. I feel like I just met a new person. Okay. okay. Jets, Jets, Jets. Noted. But, I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, I know. Contrary to popular belief, because Dan likes to advertise that I'm a Commanders fan, when <laughs> just he, that's one of his favorite pastimes. Yeah, and I'm telling like, okay, the world that Stephanie Weisberger loves them. Yeah, just because I I grew up in the DC area doesn't make me a Commanders fan. Like no. what? No. Do I plant not. cherry blossoms too, Dan? I don't think so. <laughs> I heard you did though. I heard you did. I heard you wore a wig on President's Day. That's what, that's the rumor that's spreading around here. Well, President's Day uh, has passed and no, no evidence of the alleged no. wig has surfaced, but we'll see. The we'll see. <laughs> All right. I mean, let's put a pin in this episode. Done. Shout out to our producers for, you know, getting through this episode with us. And shout out to the rest of the conduct team. We always have, um, you know, a, a full team that is ready to tackle any and all sports-related legal issues. Got to give another shout out. I know we've shouted him out multiple times now, but John Nucci, our golf powerhouse, keep it coming. You know, obviously Dan, Mike, Taryn, Jason, Evan, Dan, Holly, Dan. Zach, Justin. Dan, Dan, shout out Wallach, just had a baby. Welcome to the conduct team to Wallach's new baby. And we will uh, see you next time on another episode of Conduct Detrimental.